Good morning. My name is Louise Cherich, and Larry and I joined the UCE just after the move to the new building in 2005. I'm currently a member of the interim transition team, and our purpose is to assist in the transition to a new minister. We have established three task teams working hard on good governance, on financial best practices, and looking at mobilizing volunteers. Through questions that you have uh, been responding to on an almost weekly basis, we are taking those comments, your wishes, and incorporating them into our future planning. Welcome to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's online Zoom service. We are a liberal, multi-generational religious community. We celebrate a rich mosaic of free thinking, spiritually questing individuals joined in common support and action. We welcome a full range of theological perspectives, as well as a full range of spiritual traditions and practices. As a UU congregation, we strive to be a community where everyone is fully able to participate. Whether you've been part of our congregation for decades or this is your first time visiting, we welcome you. Whatever the faith and traditions of your past, we welcome you. Whatever your theological stance, we welcome you. Whatever your heritage, we welcome you. Whoever you are and whomever you love, we welcome you, the whole of you. We especially welcome any visitors who might be with us today for the first time and invite you to join us for conversation on our history after the service has concluded. We invite you to place your name and contact information in our online guest book, which you can find at uce.ca. Today we gather in gratitude on Treaty 6 land. A treaty is an inheritance a responsibility and a relationship. As part of that relationship, we are sharing with you the new Indigenous names that have been given to Edmonton's 12 redrawn municipal wards. The names were chosen by a panel of 17 Indigenous women, the Committee of Indigenous Matriarchs, and approved by City Council in December 2020. Today, we share with you Ward 5. Odimin Ward is in the central or heart of Edmonton. Our UCE building is located in the Odimin Ward. Odimin is the Anishinaabe word for strawberry or heartberry. The strawberry is a traditional medicine which guided the Anishinaabe understanding of the deep connection between mind, body, spirit, and emotions. The Anishabi refer to a large group of tribes living across Canada and the northern United States. Members of the Saltu tribe live in our area. 
Good morning. I'm Reverend Leanne Washington, and I'm serving as the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's interim minister. In honor of Earth Day, we will be exploring the use of the tree, particularly the tree of life, as an ancient metaphor to visually express interconnectedness. The interconnectedness of ideas, concepts, living beings, and our community, as you can see from the images on this slide. To excite our imaginations and to connect the service with the celebration of UCE's history that will follow after the service, I've taken the liberty of adapting several poetic verses written by Jennifer D. Saunier as though she wrote the message for this community. UCE is as strong as a tree, standing tall and grounded. The roots of its past are planted firmly within the earth. The leaves of UCE's present are ever-changing, and UCE learned so much with each color they turn. The phases of communal life are infinite. The branches of UCE's future are extending upwards and outwards in all directions. And as UCE grows, it becomes more expanded in knowledge, compassion, and hospitality. The beauty of a tree and the gentle sway it makes create the seeds for tomorrow, all the while reflecting to us how to live each day with simplicity and grace. With this metaphorical image of UCE as a tree, let us join in worship. We begin our sacred time together as congregations around the world do by lighting our chalice. As we light our chalice, our newest member, Maida Zetereko, will share Light is Returning, written by Kate McPhee, a young adult from the Winchester Unitarian Society in Winchester, Massachusetts. Around us, light is returning. It rekindles the spirit of life in the skeletons of trees. It brings forth new shoots from the soil. It wakes us from our winter slumber and invites us to see what lies beyond. We light this chalice in the spirit of our Earth's awakening and to reaffirm our commitment to the value of our home. With mics muted, please join in singing this upbeat rendition of hymn number 207, Earth Was Given as a Garden. Oh 
An important part of our community is sharing the joys and sorrows of our lives. If you have a personally significant joy or sorrow, please type it into the chat window at the bottom of the screen where we will be able to see it. I will read some of them aloud. Your joys and sorrows will be part of our posted recording in the service. If you would not like to have your joy or sorrow available to the public, then indicate that in the chat with the prefix private. You may also send your joy or sorrow to candles at uce.ca. While you compose your joys and sorrows, the rest of us will enjoy a moment of silence. Maria lights a candle of joy that she'll be receiving her first shot of AstraZeneca COVID vaccine this afternoon. Sylvia lights a candle of welcome to Stephen Lentz from Victoria, who's joining us at this service. Louise lights a candle of gratitude to all our volunteers who work so hard, often without acknowledgement. Logan and Teresa light a candle of gratitude because they have gotten their first dose of vaccine. Karen also joins in celebrating her first dose of the vaccine. Coralie and John light candles of concern for the overwhelmed health system in India. Yvonne lights a candle of gratitude for another beautiful sunny day. <laughs> and Art lights a candle of joyous celebration. Yippee oh yay! Got my second COVID shot on Friday afternoon. Now I'm ready for a party, he says. Alyssa lights a candle of gratitude for finding some space this week to do some writing. Ruth lights a candle of joy, saying it's nice to see Marilyn this morning.
Audrey lights a candle of concern for the Jewish and Muslim populations who are worshiping and fighting in the old city of Jerusalem over access during Ramadan to places that are holy for both groups. Donna lights a candle of concern and sadness as she has had two former colleagues die. And she's glad to hear that others are getting their COVID vaccines. And Lynn lights a candle of joy and celebration that her students have finished all their exams and now the COVID college semester is finished. She's proud of them for working so hard and doing so well despite the challenges of distance education. And I believe that that candle is lit by John. Having heard each other's joys and sorrows, let us take a moment of reflection as we listen to the sounds of nature.
In honor of Earth Day, Maida Zetereko will read the poem Earth Day, written by Jan Yolen. I am the earth and the earth is me. Each blade of grass, each honey tree, each bit of mud and stick and stone is blood and muscle, skin and bone. And just as I need every bit of me to make my body fit, so earth needs grass and stone and tree and things that grow here naturally. That's why we celebrate this day. That's why across the world we say, as long as life, as dear, as free, I am the earth and the earth is me. With mics muted, please join in singing hymn number 1064, Blue Boat Home. Oh, big 
You're muted, Leanne. Thank you. Today, we are commemorating Earth Day, as well as deepening our understanding of the many ways in which the tree of life depicts the message of interconnectedness found in our seventh principle. You see on this slide a depiction of the tree of life, which has been used as an apt metaphor for many different kinds of interconnectedness. Planting real trees rather than metaphorical ones has been an important aspect of Earth Day celebrations for decades. Earth Day, the largest secular observance in the world, is celebrated every year across this planet by more than a billion people. This year, Earth Day was actually three days of events, which ran from Tuesday through Thursday this past week. For years now, the Earth Day Network has worked toward the goal of planting 7.8 billion trees worldwide, especially in areas where there has been significant deforestation. It's no coincidence that planting trees is a priority. They are integral to efforts to improve our environment because they do so much for us. They absorb odors, odors and pollutant gases. They absorb CO2, removing and storing the carbon which is released. And then they turn it back into oxygen and release that into the air. In one year, an acre of mature trees absorbs the amount of CO2 produced when you drive your car 26,000 miles. Trees also reduce runoff by breaking rainfall, allowing water to flow down the trunk into the earth below the tree, which prevents stormwater from carrying pollutants to the ocean. Trees are also Mother Nature's air conditioners. They cool the area immediately around them and they release water vapor through their leaves. Just three trees strategically placed around a single family home can cut air conditioning needs up to 50%. And of course, trees across the planet provide shelter and food for wildlife such as birds, squirrels, and bugs. Trees also provide us with a wide variety of fruit like apples, oranges, and pears, and with nuts like walnuts, pecans, and almonds. Recently, medical and scientific research has confirmed the health benefits associated with the presence of trees. Studies have shown that patients with views of trees outside their room windows heal faster and with fewer complications. And spending time under the canopy of trees has been shown to reduce mental fatigue and physical signs of stress as well as to lower blood pressure and diminish inflammation. So much so that forest bathing, just being in the presence of trees, became part of a national public health program in Japan. In light of all the benefits associated with the presence of trees, and there are many, many more than I have mentioned, it's not surprising that it was a tree, the tree of life, that became the symbol for the interconnectedness of all existence, what we Unitarian Universalists know as our seventh principle, respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. 
our young people are expressing the seventh principle in their own terms when they say, we believe in caring for our planet, Earth, the home we share with all living things. Our seventh principle derives from the ancient understanding that all of our natural world is interconnected and interrelated. What harms one aspect of creation harms all of creation. Expressed in terms of human beings, what harms one of us harms all of us. Across time and across cultures, the tree of life or some variation of it has been used to express that very notion. It is also used to express how where we are today is in large part a product of the contributions of those who've gone before us. When I began thinking about this sermon on the tree of life, like anyone else would, I googled tree of life and found an abundance of tree of life images. As you can see, I've pulled out just a few of these to show how apt the metaphor is for many different systems. The first image here is the image of the tree of life, the first one that we're aware of. And it is a stylized version found in ancient Assyria from about 2500 BCE, which is about 4,500 years ago. It was represented by a series of nodes and cross crisscrossing lines that end in fans of leaves. Although it is obviously an important religious symbol, scholars are still unsure of its exact meaning. The motifs elements, however, are repeated in the motifs of Christian, Jewish, Muslim, and Buddhist art. Representing the creation and interrelatedness of the world, the Kabbalistic, Kabbalistic tree of life is a diagram of the process by which the universe came into being as a contraction of limited, limitless light, that is, lots of light contracted into itself and then exploded in an energy which created all other things. According to the myth that Jewish mystical understanding, everything in the universe is connected to everything else and is made of the same stuff, divine energy. Now, even Darwin used the tree of life as a metaphor. He sketched a tree of life to illustrate his idea of the descent of species. And it's the only illustration in his book on the origin of species. Darwin wrote, the affinities of all the beings of the same class have sometimes been represented by a great tree. I believe this simile largely speaks the truth. The green and budding twigs may represent existing species. And those that were produced during the former year may represent the long succession of extinct species. Representing the creation and interrelatedness of the family, indigenous cultures use the tree of life as well. This joyful pattern is inspired by a traditional Navajo rug designed from the 1840s that still produced today. A tree or a young corn stalk, a Native American and indigenous image 
for centuries represents life and abundance. It springs from a wedding basket with the bevy of brightly colored birds representing the children of the marriage. Representing the creation and interrelatedness of the moral life, Ramon Lal, a Catholic philosopher and logician in the Middle Ages, used the tree of life as a tool for winning Muslims to the Christian faith through logic and reason. This depiction of the moral life shows on the right side of the tree, the roots of evil, including stupidity and malice, which leads to habits, then to vice, and ultimately to the seven deadly sins, lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. On the left are the roots of righteousness, including truth and wisdom, which leads to habits, then to virtue, and ultimately to the seven cardinal virtues, chastity, abstinence, liberality, diligence, patience, kindness, and humility. Representing the creation and interrelatedness of the life of the mind, Athanasius Kircher, a German Jesuit scholar in the 1600s, published about 40 major works in the fields of comparative religion, geology, and medicine. He used the tree of life to illustrate all the branches of knowledge and shows how various basic understandings branch out and give rise to multiple intellectual disciplines. This was his philosophical tree of life. Now I want you to take a look at <clears throat> the artistry of a sculpted tree that wordlessly expresses the intricate balance of nature. Located on Discovery Island, the tree of life vividly commemorates all living things and their interconnectedness in the great circle of life. This is found in Disney World. At an impressive 145 feet tall and 50 feet wide at its base, the tree of life is home to over 300 meticulously detailed animal carvings throughout its massive trunk, gnarling roots and outstretched branches. Invoking the diversity, beauty, and interconnectedness of nature and Earth's many creatures. I invite you to take a close look and you will find that some of the following animals will magically emerge from this view of the tree. There's a lion, a deer, an eagle, a monkey, a pelican, a rhinoceros, a hippopotamus, a bear, a tortoise, a lemur, a scorpion, and a dolphin. Now, I don't expect you to find every single one of them, but take a moment and see if you can't find just a few. As we can see, the tree is a rich metaphor for the interconnectedness of our existence. Now, I invite you to consider how the Unitarian Church of Edmonton community may also be represented by the tree of life. Imagine with me, if you will, that the roots 
are our historians, our longtime members, and those who hold in trust the theological underpinnings of our religious traditions. That the trunk is the pillar of our community and is made up of the people who take on leadership roles, our board members, our small group and committee leaders, our financial supporters, and our teachers. The branches who take part in the life of our community are the people who participate in small groups, who attend committee meetings, who come to worship services, and who extend hospitality to the newcomer. And the leaves are the many ways that we interact with the world, the social justice activities we support, and the communities that we serve. Just as a real life supports the natural community around it and transforms that which we consider poisonous, that's that CO2 in the air, into that which is life sustaining. We, uh, we as a liberal religious community support one another and seek to transform the world around us. So I invite you to consider where you fit on the tree of our community's life. Were we meeting in person, we would have the roots, trunk and branches drawn out and you would find a sticky note in the shape of a leaf in your bulletin. And I would ask you to draw a central vein through your leaf, dividing it in half. Then I would ask you to consider what this community has meant to you and what do you get out of your time with us? How are you transformed or affirmed here and write it above the line? After which I would invite you to consider what it is that you can do to help us transform the environment around the community and help us intentionally create the beloved community here at UCE. What interests do you have? What talents might you share? What issues are close to your heart? What actions can you take to help us make a positive difference in the world? And write that below the line. And then I would invite you to take your leaf as you exited and place it on the tree so that we could watch the tree of life transform from the solid but bare structure of roots, trunk and branches to a lush canopy teeming with life and energy and the hope for a better tomorrow. Alas, we are not meeting in person. I don't have a bare tree and you don't have sticky note leaves, but we can adapt. So I ask you now to consider what this community has meant to you. What do you get out of your time with us? How are you transformed or affirmed here? And please take a moment to write it in the chat room. Now I invite you to consider what interests you have, what talents you might share, what issues 
are close to your heart and what actions can you take to help us make a positive difference in the world? Again, I invite you to take a moment and just write it in the chat box. I thank you for participating. I say go in peace, go in love, and go with the courage of your convictions and the confidence and support of your community, this community. And for heaven's sakes, go hug a tree. The truth of our seventh principle that all of life is connected is when you think about it for a moment, so obvious you would expect everyone to honor and protect our natural surroundings and all forms of life. Unfortunately, as you know all too well, such is not the case. That's why it's so important for us to share with each other and those around us the message of hymn number 1052, the oneness of everything. Far beyond the grasp of hands Or light to meet the eye Past the reaches of the mind There find the key to nature's harmony In an architecture so entwined like the birds whose patterns grace the sky and carry all who join in love expanding. The message of peace will rise in flight, taking the weight of the world upon its wings. With the oneness of everything Peace is in the dance of trees Who stir before the first breath of wind Is yet perceived Trust in the song Becoming one with the dance and all mysteries can be believed Like the sorrow of the clouds Whose tears fall carrying on the soil Undemanding Lessons of love are given that we might rejoice in the music they bring of the oneness of everything 
from chords that sound of molecules spinning millions to a cell the call resounds afar to the sun who warms the dancing earth and whose song holds it close on the journey of a star songs of lives long past that touch our own are written in the earth forever giving and now to maintain the harmony gives to us all lives worth living for the oneness of everything still we seek to find a truth that we might understand and reduce to terms defined vast and immeasurable time and space also overwhelmingly designed oh passing years just might i know that winters in the heart to be reborn in spring to hear and to feel the pulse of life enters my soul as a song to sing of the oneness of Hello, my name is Karen Belita, and my pronouns are she and hers. Generosity is a spiritual practice, one that enlarges the heart, enlightens the spirit. For no matter how much or how little we have, in the sharing of it, both the one who gives and the one who receives are blessed. We are a self-governing, self-supporting community. We rely on your donations to support our staff and to offer our programs. Now, more than ever, we need your financial support. Please visit our website, uce.ca, to find the method of donation the best suits you. For the month of April, we also encourage you to support the Unitarian Universalist Office of the United Nations and the important work they do. You can visit their website for more information about them. You will find a link to the UU United Nations office on our church homepage at uce.ca. Now with mics muted, please join in singing hymn 402 from you I receive. You 
As we bring our time together to a close, I want to make sure that we express our gratitude to those who have helped make today possible. Jeff Bizance, who opened our Zoom room for the service and greeted everyone, Maida Zetareko and Louise Cherich, our readers, Karen Belita, who created and ran our slides today, and who is also recording our service and making it available on YouTube and SoundCloud. And Susan Rutan, who's going to be helping us with our service uh, after the service, our historical review. Also, I want to thank uh, Louise Cherich and Ruth Patrick, who will also be guiding us after the service in our celebration of UCE's history. It's been said that nature often holds up a mirror so we can see more clearly the ongoing processes of growth, renewal, and transformation in our lives. We are now in the interim between Reverend Brian's retirement and the arrival of another settled minister. UCE is on a journey of self-discovery and your participation in various reflective exercises has been and continues to be essential to a full and complete picture of where UCE is and where it wants to go through growth, renewal, and transformation. Essential to this ongoing work is an appreciation of this community's history. As this image shows, understanding our history, our roots, enables us to create bridges across divides. And in doing the work, we become stronger and better able to nurture, nurture vital new growth. Today, we are not breaking out into separate rooms. Instead, we invite you to take a short break, grab your lunch, and rejoin us to hear congregants tell stories about UCE's history, which we will be sharing decade by decade. You'll be invited to write yourself into UCE's history by sharing some of your own recollections of personal and communal events that have been important to you. As we close our service by extinguishing our chalice, Maida Zetareko and I will share with you a call from the past, present, and future, written by Tanya Marquez. From the heights of the Andes, the jungle and the desert, from the depth of the sea, from a time that was, from a time that stretches beyond our memory, we are called. Our, our histories stretch back to the first people, the first steps, the collision of the worlds, to abrupt beginnings, all wanderers of this land. We have inherited the unfinished labor of our ancestors, of those that came before us. We are called to continue the work. The voices of our people call us now. The world harbors their joys and their sorrows. We hear the cries of our people demanding justice. In that call, we recognize the voices of those who wander in the desert, the border crossers, the navigators, the justice seekers, the dreamers, and the hopeful. We weave our story to the story of our ancestors. Right here, right now, we are in the midst of responding to the call that comes from all the corners of this land, from the south, the north, the east, and the west. We are called to sustain the work. The voices of those who will be call us, a reminder of who we need to be. In the weaving of our story to the web of life, we must remember that we must not cut the strings, for there are others coming after us. Others with tender hearts and strong wills, with creative determination. Those who will live in the house of tomorrow. 
The vision escapes us, yet we are called to prepare the road, to leave behind possibility and foundations upon which they'll build a better tomorrow. We are called to create these new opportunities. With mics muted, please join in singing our closing song, Carry the Flame. Before we conclude our worship service this morning, Gloria Krenbrenn will formally announce the congregation's upcoming annual general meeting, and Karen Belita will follow her with instructions on how to participate. Gloria? The annual general meeting of our Unitarian Church of Edmonton will be held online via Zoom on Sunday, May 2nd, so that's next Sunday at 11.45 after the service. The business of the meeting will include staff and committee reports, election of officers and members of the Board of Trustees, elections to congregational committees, selection of delegates to the CUC annual meeting, and consideration of the operating budget for our upcoming year, July 1st, 2021 through June, 2022. Now you can find your package for the AGM on the UCE website and on, on Friday's email that came out with the uh, link to this service is also a link to your AGM package. So just scroll down a little bit, click on that and you'll go right to it. And you can either read it on your screen or you can print it out for yourself. And we shall hope to see you there. Thank you, Gloria. Uh, yeah, I just want to reiterate that the AGM package has been recently updated. So please check the website for the updated. Uh, some committee reports have been updated, plus there's new reports. To participate in the AGM, you will need to know how to raise your virtual hand. So that will be... Um, with different buttons, depending on what device you have. If you see the newsletter, there's instructions. Plus every Tuesday in April at noon, I'm available for help. Um, hopefully everyone knows how to raise their virtual hand. It's possible on all devices and on telephones. So now I'm going to read the announcements. Afterwards, there'll be a little musical interlude for everyone to grab their whatever refreshment of their choice when we join for our history stories. Uh, we, as many of you know, we are going to be hiring a new minister for the next church year. We hope to have a diversity of people on this committee. We do have some volunteers that I'm really looking forward to their work, but we would like some more people, especially people with different levels of experience within the congregation to get a different 
viewpoint. This message was in the last Friday email. If you have questions, you can email myself or call me. My email and phone number are in the newsletter. The lunch bunch is on Tuesdays is when I'm helping people raise their virtual hands, but you can also just drop in to socialize and see who's there. The links are in the newsletter as well as on the UCE calendar. On Saturday, May 1st, there is a free online Zoom held by the Canadian Unitarian Council. So the cuc.ca will have more information. But this year, Reverend Audrey Brooks and the Genocide Memorial will be one of the highlighted projects. It will also be really interesting to see what other projects, what other UU projects are happening around the nation. Every Tuesday, Pauline is leading at 7 p.m. It's supposed to be a very fun night of music and conversation. Again, links in the newsletter and on the calendar, on the online calendar. Every week, we like to hear different voices of our community. We hope that you will volunteer for one or two Sundays within the church year to do a little reading. It's applied to you, so you don't have to do homework. You just have to read what's supplied. Also on Wednesdays from noon to 2 p.m., Reverend Leanne leads the Lunch and Learn. The links are on the newsletter and on the calendar. The CUC National Conference is coming up in May. I hope everyone is able to attend. It's an opportunity that we don't normally have, that we don't have to travel across the country to go to a national conference. We can attend and meet different UUs from across our nation in the comfort of our living room. So all the news, the N-U-U-S, like Unitarian Universalists, find out all the information in our newsletters. We really try to, it's a information filled newsletter. I think you have to read it about a hundred times to get all the information in. Circle round, gather near, friends and strangers, loved ones dear, to remember why we are here. Those are the opening lines of Reverend Wendy Luella Perkins' new song, Light of Love. My name is Suzanne Mazars. I'm the music director at Neighborhood UU Congregation in Toronto, as well as the music director for this year's conference. And I commissioned Wendy Luella to write a new song for our Sunday service. Now we need your help. I'd like to create a video with singers from coast to coast, all of us that have been missing our congregational singing, missing being able to sing with our choirs, feel each other's spirit, Share that love, share that joy together. To record yourself on Easy Virtual Choir and sing with us to create a virtual nationwide congregation of singers. 
The program is very easy to use. Instructions are included with this video as well as the sheet music to the song. And I'd love to see your faces and hear your voices and create a grand congregation of unit Canadian Unitarian Universalists to inspire us on this, at the Sunday service. Light of love, light of love, light of love, light of love. Let's shine and amplify the light of So I'm going to have a little bit of music to play because this is an extra long service Sunday together that I hope you go grab some lunch, coffee, tea, water, come back. It'll be when the music ends, it's like musical chairs, come back to your chair. <laughs> 